Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? We got a great show planned for you. Going to be opening up the show, talking about moving to new life choices, new careers. And then later in the show, we'll be talking about tips for your first three-way that's right so stick around for those important tips we always got your back for those that are trying to expand into some more creative diverse ways of relationshiping uh dms they are always open you got a question for us drop it in the dms anything you're thinking about we got answers for you or if there's a topic you want me to go deeper into or maybe a topic to cover that you haven't heard mentioned on loveline thus far but uh as always Past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. So uh, go over there, look for my face, scroll down, click on it. Bam, bam, bam. Past episodes. So uh, check them out. So uh, yeah, you know, pandemic, a lot's come out of that. And just normal, normal life. People realize maybe the things that they've been doing with their time, their lives, are not exactly what they want to be doing. Or maybe some things have shifted. Unemployment, um, underemployment, or uh, hey, burnout and unhappy employment because remember what you're doing with your time matters and our mental health is deeply tied to how we feel about the work we're doing most people that are employed spend sometimes more time with colleagues and at work than they do at home with their family or friends we're working on shifting that remember our lives should be rooted in joy and pleasure and relationship and experience not work we work so we can participate in the world right we live in a capitalist culture we have to uh pay for Healthcare and bills and basic needs don't have that covered yet. We're working on that. Probably not ever going to see that in our lifetime. But I still want people to understand that. Remember, mental health is tied to finding purpose and meaning in your life. And that's really what the work becomes about if I'm working with someone who's suffering ex- existential anxiety or deeper levels of depression with what they're doing with themselves. Ego work, all this can sometimes be about what are you focusing your time and energy on throughout the work week, right? So again, if your career or your employment does not have purpose and meaning tied to it, we're going to talk about maybe how to step into something else that does in place of what you're doing, or sometimes these are things that you find kind of peripherally out in the world. Because, you know, some people's nine to five jobs, right, uh, are there so that their downtime can be spent doing things with purpose and meaning because not everyone's able to find that for their career employment. So it's going to be a little bit of an um, ambiguous topic in that you know you can kind of craft it to, to land where you need it to land. Um, but what are the first things we think about when I'm working with someone who maybe wants to step into something different with their life? Well, the first thing is we think very broad. We don't immediately start thinking, what, what are the job possibilities? We start very, very, very broad, right? And the first thing I tell them to do is make a list of all the things that you like. Don't think again in terms of employment or career. You just make a list. What are all the things that I'd like to do with my time? And that's how we really start to shape idealism, right? Or we're romanticizing what could possibly be. But we have to start somewhere. And that's where we start to just really suss out what makes me happy. Um, Because it starts to then tie into the second piece. But the first piece are, what are the things that I like doing? What are the things like participating in? When we look at the research on happiness, one of the things we look at is what they call signature skills. Signature skills are the parts of ourselves that we feel best when utilizing. Our signature skills are the parts of ourselves that we like knowing and seeing ourselves utilizing. If you're someone who enjoys numbers, right, and statistics, and mathematics and mathematical equations and problem solving in terms of numbers and theory, then 
you write that down and you start to realize I might want something that utilizes those. Those are my then, you know, those then become what I call my signature strengths. So again, that would apply to anything. If you're spending a lot of your time, let's say doing things with abstract, right? Artistic based skills, it's not gonna meet those needs. Because again, you're starting to identify that you're someone whose signature strengths are more numerical and it works in the inverse as well. If you're someone who does enjoy the, 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 the conception or creation of new ideas or concepts. If you are someone who enjoys more artistic, abstract, abstract traits and skills, well, then you want to start to align with things that kind of utilize that. Because again, happiness, and that ties to career choice and hobby choice, is going to be tied to, again, engaging in the things that utilize those signature strengths, right? So if I look at myself, I like, we talked about this once before, I think I like abstract theory and thought. I like working with philosophy um, I like a lot of intellectualism. And so luckily that does tie into the books I write and the education I provide and the lecturing I do and even the media I do, right? But before I would even know maybe where I could go with it, I would just have to start to realize that that is part of what I like, right? Is that's my skill set, my, my signature skills. And so start there. Um, and then the second place we move to from there is we start to realize that we also want to be participating in a system that is aligned with our values, our meanings, and our ethics. What, what gives us meaning? So that would be about starting to document. We talked about this, I think it was last week. Like, what is my mission statement? What are my ethics and my values rooted in, right? Um, let's take a little pause. We'll come back and we'll keep um, breaking this down and unpacking this. And uh, then we'll be gliding into those DMs. Uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Love Line is brought to you by Astroglide. Personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back. Stick around. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Alrighty, right. We're back and we're talking about ways to move into the possibility of a new career, but this also could apply to hobbies, even education, right? Because ideally all these systems or institutions that you're uh, being a part of or working with or stepping into would really be aligned with the things that make you happy. It's okay to seek happiness. It's okay to center happiness. I mean, that's part of what we were trying to work on last year and this year as well. And there's a lot of other authors and thinkers doing that as well. But what if we centered happiness and pleasure in our lives? What if we moved away from hard work or misery or these ideas that, you know, it's, work is just something you got to do and you don't always like it. But what if we didn't agree with that? And this is where I love generation, the younger generations, millennials, Generation Z. They're saying things like, no, our happiness and mental health do matter. We're not just going to get a, you know, step into a grind culture and really make our worth and value tied to us working hard or helping other people make money off our labor, our sweat and tears, right? Like we want our lives centered in what gives us purpose and meaning. And maybe that means we'll make less money, um, but we're stepping into mental health, we're setting boundaries, we're asking for our worth, we're not working for less than what we're worth, we're not staying a part of systems that don't make us happy. And I love that, that's really important. And that's really foreign to some of our older generations that just kind of suff, you know, toughen up and suck it up. 
But when we're starting to look at what might we want to do, we were talking in our last segment about number one, thinking very broad. We're not zeroing in yet on what's possible as much as we're just starting with an examination of who we are. So we're writing down our signature strengths. Those are the parts of ourselves that we value the most. So those are the parts of ourselves that we like using, right? Um, is it working with numbers? Is it working with your brain? Is it working with your hands? Is it working with others relationally? Is it about abstract thought? Do we like problem solving? Do we like working with numbers, right? Um, do we like things that have uh, a lot of standing and movement and fluidity to it? Do we like things that are maybe about operationally working step by step? Like just saying, what, what, what do I, what are the processes and topics and aspects of myself in the world that I like stepping into? Then, then we also move into the process and we kind of closed out last segment on this talk about how we have to look at what our mission statement is and our ethics and our values and our integrity because it has to align with that we will not feel good with whatever it is we're doing if it doesn't align with what we feel is right and that's also very difficult i i've worked with some people and i have some friends that weren't happy let's say working in marketing or advertising because their labor was going towards telling people that they need to buy products that are rooted in making them feel bad. Things like, oh, you know, here, buy these anti-aging process, uh, anti-aging products, which is to imply that aging's bad and we should be battling and it's a fight. And they would say to me things like, I don't agree with that. I wanna be a part of advertising or marketing that says you're cool the way you are. You know what I mean? And there's no right way to, there's no right way or wrong way to do this. Um, I had a friend who's a really, a, a top makeup artist and I remember, when I was in New York City visiting him, I was talking about this topic and I said, you know, I know what your ethics and your values are and you're all about authenticity and people living um, a life centered in, you know, mental health and well-being. And I said, how do you then participate in uh, makeup, which in theory is saying you have to look other than you are. And he said, you know, it's really interesting you asked that because he said I had to really make sense of that too. And he said, you know, the way I enter makeup is uh, from a place of making it about fun and art. And I would say to my clients, he said, uh, there's no right way or wrong way to do it. And you don't even have to do it. But if you choose to step into the world of makeup and it's something that you find worth and value in, I can help you how to have more fun with it. I can help you how I can help you learn how to express yourself with it. It's not about hiding what we perceive as flaws. Flaws don't exist. People have different kinds of skin, et cetera, et cetera. We're not trying to, you know, fight aging. Aging is a natural, healthy process. But makeup can be fun. It can be a way that you express yourself. And I help people learn how to step into that confidently. And I thought, what a beautiful way to move through that world. Because his, his, um, his ethics and his values are aligned, right? And that's important. Um, and, I, and I work with some clients where, like I said, they're not happy with what their labor is utilized for. They're not happy with what they're putting their time and energy into. And that matters. Your mental health matters. So again, we're working on signature strengths, the parts of ourselves we like using, but then we're looking at what are our ethics because that has to align. And then we move into the third piece, which is for these jobs to be mental health centered and i'm a therapist i will always consider mental health first just like everyone considers things through their lenses first this the third piece is it has to be something where you walk away feeling like you did something of worth and value so if your hobby or your career or your job is something where you walk away and you're like I, I just didn't even do anything with my eight hours. I didn't do anything that was of any worth or value to me or the world. That is not necessarily gonna be mental health centered or lead to happiness. You wanna be able to look back and be like, that had meaning and worth. Like, I, I'm happy with what I just participated in. And, and again, some of us have careers where it's very easy to align with that. If you're a nurse or a doctor or a therapist, you're like, well, my work is always about healing and enhancing someone's life or improving. So I automatically can always walk away being like my eight hours that day, my nine hours, my six hours, that was of purpose and worth. We need to figure that out. And again, not everyone's job is going to afford that. Some people will be working in jobs that are more maintenance-based, right? Or helping, or are a part of helping other people reach those goals. So then we have to come home and find that in another area of our life. Right, that has to get acknowledged or engaged at some point. So, so know that, know that 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 is like that is a check mark that needs to be placed in a box in our life. Then we move into the step of we have to think creatively. I remember talking to a young therapy intern about this, and they were saying, you know, I love the field of psychology, but I don't necessarily want to work with people. And I said, well, then definitely don't study therapy because a lot of psychology gears gears you up towards taking a licensing exam and doing clinical hours and practicing therapy and if that's not what you want because you don't enjoy working with others because that's not a part of your signature strengths right working with others engaging others um your ethics and values don't mandate that you need to offer direct service 
Um, and also the third piece, you don't want to walk away having been a part of a system like that. Well, then I say to them, think creatively. We don't have to literalize everything. If I go to school to get a master's in psychology or clinical social work, then I have to definitely be a therapist. No, we can think broader than that. We're gonna take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll keep unpacking this. I think this is one of the more valuable parts. Um, and then we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Um, yep, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about new careers, bringing purpose and meaning into our lives. How do we even begin this journey? And as you're realizing, it's a very broad scope that we start narrowing down. So we were talking about what are your signature strengths? What are the parts of yourself that you like utilizing? Then moving into what are your ethics and your value system? It's got to align with that. And then it moves into you want to walk away from this career, job, or hobby feeling as though you did something of purpose and worth and value right? And then the fourth piece is you have to think very, very broad and creatively. Not everything's going to be the standardized path. So some people might study psychology and I'll say to them, get into research, you know, get into education, get into writing. There's also these really niche forms like organizational psychology, where you work with companies, helping them better understand how to set up employee workflows and structures. There's educational psychology, like there's all these different niche pieces. So don't always assume that you have to go the standard route. People can get into some fields and then really flip them and kind of queer them and find these alternative, um, really creative ways of <clears throat> working within that dynamic. Not everyone, again, does that, that, that straight route. Um, so again, the, as you're hearing, everything's very, very, very broad. Our anxiety makes us want to just kind of like start looking at what jobs are available. And I would say, pause on that for a second. I want you to have a, 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 a matrix, a decision-making right for matrix or a rubric through which you're kind of assessing everything, because I don't want people to move from job to job and just be switching the seats around, as I say, on the Titanic and going from one miserable situation to the next, because they don't really have a thoughtful process. And I understand that some people just need employment and I totally respect that. But for those that have time, which by the way, side tip, don't leave your job till you have a new job. It's better to look for a new job while you currently have one, right? It, it decreases the anxiety, paycheck is still coming in, access to uh, benefits. And then while you have that job, take your vacation time, go on interviews, find something else, and then you, you move on. You know, jobs will replace you very happily and quite easily. You know what I mean? You, you have to have that loyalty to yourself and your well-being, right? Systems look out for themselves. Individuals have to look out for themselves. Systems don't look out for individuals. A system's job, an institution's job, its first job is to maintain its own, it's to maintain itself always. And so you have to be thinking about what you need. So keep the current job while you're looking for the next one. But again, think broad, think creatively. There's actually a lot of books. Um, you go to a bookstore or library that show you some of the alternative creative things to do with certain degrees. Um, take some time and do research, maybe even reach out to people in that field and interview them. Um, but those are the main key pieces. This is the mental health version. Cause when I look at the research, um, excuse me, for people outside the mental health field, they tend to be more tailoring your resume, networking and things like that. And all that's really meaningful and important, but that's not addressing the mental or the emotional health piece of this, which is you feeling good with what is you're, you're participating in, especially because it occupies such an important amount of time in our lives. So be very thoughtful about that. Um, and also, I think, I think networking is a really powerful thing. If you have access to other people in the field, you can ask them about different career options and what was meaningful or not meaningful for them in those. I, I, I love when I'm with friends that are maybe entering into becoming an author or an educator or a therapist or media work, and they ask me my thoughts, and I can kind of tell them like what's worked, what's not worked. But also, I think it's important that we all have a little more transparency with uh, salary and things like that. We, we should be discussing our salaries with our colleagues and other potential employees so we can support each other in getting the standard rate and getting as much money as we're all worth. I'm always happy to share with individuals how much I'm making in, um, in media at least so people can understand what they should ask for. I want to help people. We have to be helping each other. These systems and institutions, they're looking out for themselves, right? But us colleagues or employees have to be looking out for ourselves. So please do be transparent and talk to other people saying, this is what you should expect to make in the field. This is what I'm making at this job. So this is what you should ask for. 
These are the things you should be looking out for. I, I love being transparent like that. That's community care. That's social justice. That's also feminism. Feminism is about a horizontal power structure where we have we are cooperative. We are community centered, right? We're prioritizing people, not systems. Capitalism is very dehumanizing, right? And it really wants us to burn ourselves out so we can be helping others make money off our labor. But mental health is saying, I'm a person and I have to come first. And what do I need? And we have to be looking out for each other. As I always say, we are responsible for each other. That's community care. So let's do that. That's the ethics of feminism and social justice is we do care about the impact we have on others. And we try to make other people's lives easier. And more importantly, we lift as we climb. As we get more empowered and rise in different positions, we help lift those below us and underneath us as we rise, right? And we empower them as we get power. We had the trickle down. We need to do that. Um, okay. So we're going to be coming back and gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of Loveline, go over to wearechannelq.com. They're all there. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam. Post, share, binge, re-listen. Good stuff. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about tips for your first three-way. Yeah, there's a lot of things you want to think about. A lot of people just jump in. They just wing it. They get it wrong. Create some issues in their relationships. So I'm going to help you problem solve that. Um, all right. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide. Personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. All right, we're back. And uh, now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. Uh, these DMs come from our Loveline IG page. As always, if you got a question for us, drop it in there. Anything you're wondering about, someone else might be too. And if you got a uh, topic you want me to dive into, drop it in there as well. Or, you know, something I might have spoken about already you want clarification on. We got your back. Uh, so this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my boyfriend and I haven't had sex in many, many months. I have body issues and I often feel embarrassed, even though I believe and he says that he loves me no matter what. Ah, that's a beautiful thing. I believe him 1000% when he says that I'm coming to terms with my body image, but I feel like we might have become just friends. Little kisses here and there, still call each other babe. That's about it. I don't know what to do. Ah, all right. So much in there. Well, first off, I'm glad that you're with a partner who finds you attractive, values you, validates you, expresses that. You know, that's an important part of relationship, especially if we're in a monogamous relationship to have partners that we find attractive and that find us attractive. That's part of sexual compatibility. Uh, excuse me. That is part of sexual compatibility and an important part of sexual chemistry. Um, and we hope to be with a partner where our eroticism for each other grows as our bodies shift and change and we age. It doesn't always happen and then we have another issue, but I'm glad that you're with someone who feels that way. But eroticism, it can sometimes drop. So if you've already had compatibility and chemistry there, awesome, I can help you. If not, then it, the question really becomes about how do I work on a sex life with someone who I'm not turned on by? And it's a really hard answer because uh, you can't. You kind of find ways to eroticize. That's for another topic, another day. But uh, basically what I'm hearing you kind of say is maybe we've drifted a little into a non-erotic, non-romantic relationship or style. How do I bring that back? Perfect. This is what you do. You start to re-eroticize your partner and re-romance them every single day. I'll give everyone else a tip based on that in a minute, but that's what you have to do. Every single day, find a way to build in eroticism or romanticism as a way to reignite it, to have access to it, to make it more familiar. Uh, and again, there's so many ways to do that. You just flirt, you wink, you kiss, you touch, you cuddle, you leave them a note, you send them an email, you take a picture, you have sex, you make out, you buy them a gift, you say something thoughtful every single day. We want to always keep it close. We always want to keep it accessible. And that's the tip for everyone else. Do that every day for your partner so as to never let it drift because it's harder to get back to it. After many months away from it, it can be very hard. It gets very fragile, right? It's not as familiar. So keep it close. Keep connected. Keep building in on that. Remember, we're always staying in the stages of courtship and the stages of romanticism. We always want to attract. We always want to flirt. We always want to romance. If we let those things drop, we then can't complain about why we don't have those in our relationship anymore. Those are verbs. Those are actions. We're romanticizing and sexualizing or we're not. And if we're not, you won't have that or that kind of relationship. So the way we get back to it is by bringing it back. But more importantly, don't ever let it go. Your romance partner is supposed to be romanticized and romanticize you. Your sex partner is supposed to be someone who's sexual with you, 
right? So talk about it. Hey, I miss that. How can we get back to it? Get each, get all partners on the same side, uh, prioritizing bringing it back, and then start to do that daily. It'll get more familiar. It'll get close. That's what that's what you got. If for some reason your partner's not interested or not or not into that, well, then you have to have that conversation. What does that mean? But you have to first start by talking about it. Second, get everyone on the same page, and third, start enacting it, and then never let it go. It's a beautiful resource. It's a beautiful tool. But sometimes people don't. See it as important as it is, or they think that things should run on autopilot, or they think, well, now we're married, now we're monogamous, now we live together, now we have kids, these things don't matter. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Those are things that we miss. And all that is a part of our mental health. It's a part of our self-esteem. Our self-esteem, our self-worth, our body esteem is reflected back to us by those around us. It is not an inside job. Self-esteem is not an inside job. It, 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 it requires some inside work, but it's also something that's relational. It's relationally created, right? The injuries are social and relational and they're healed relationally and socially. So get back to that, make it important, but get them on the same page. It's valuable stuff, it's important stuff. And um, yeah, so that's what you gotta do. But you also have to be willing to face whatever comes out of that conversation. Because maybe your partner will let you know, I've fallen out of love, I'm not interested in doing this anymore, I've fallen in love with someone else. Like we never know where that journey will lead, but it's an important conversation to have because we need to know what's going on. You know what I mean? So it's, your partner sounds awesome. Good luck. You care about them. Circle back and let me know how that goes. But I think there's a lot of learning lessons in that question for everyone. So let's all focus on that. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about tips for getting into and having your first three-way. Ah, uh, yes, important, important stuff. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and we're talking about tips for your first three-way or maybe your fifth three-way. Listen, monogamy is not for everyone. We all know that. Most people actually fail at it. Monogamy is very difficult. And I think a lot of it's because of the way we run monogamy, we suck the life out of people. We run monogamy quite toxically. I've talked a lot about toxic monogamy. Um, go to my Medium page, Google Chris Donahue Medium. My Medium page will come up. That's a, um, a website that writers can use to house all their articles. And I've written a lot about toxic monogamy, but go on there. I guess you could just Google my name, uh, Chris Donahue, Dr. Chris Donahue, toxic monogamy. And, uh, it really maps it out. And that's part of the problem is we suck the life out of each other. You know, we give our friends all this freedom and love and care and support. We get into a romantic relationship and we just want it to be about protection. And, and we see everyone and everything out in the world as a threat. Um, that burns people out. It really, really, really does. Um, now, listen, open relationships aren't for everyone, just like monogamy is not for everyone. And, and often it's about exploring and figuring out. And sometimes it's case by case, partner by partner phase of our lives by phase of our lives. What makes sense at one point doesn't always later. Trust builds, things change. It's okay to always be shifting and growing. And remember, once we do one thing, doesn't mean we have to do it again. So for those that are saying like, hey, I would love to have sex with others, or I'd love to see my partner have sex with others, or we wanna kind of diversify, there's a lot of things you wanna think about because Three-way should be something that has a beneficial, positive impact on you and your partner. So start there for a second. Why are you guys doing it? That's the question I want you to start with. We're being psychologically minded. If it's because I don't really want to have sex with my partner anymore and I'm afraid of discussing that or I'm afraid of leaving and this is the only solution I can come up with, good luck. It won't, it won't hold you over long term because these are one-offs, right? Um, I want, I, want, I want a better answer than that. Uh, if your answer is because we've been together for a long time and we want to explore our sexuality together and individually and with others, well, that's a great answer, right? Is it because you guys have different sex drive or sexual interests and we want all of our needs to get met? Well, that's a good answer. You know, is it because we're feeling safe and secure and we want to just explore? That's a good answer. But if you're trying to solve a problem, it's not going to solve a problem for you because it's not a solution. It's an experience. It's an expansion. It's growth. It's fun. It's pleasure. It's joy. It's excitement. It's learning. But it's not a solution for something other than maybe I wasn't built for monogamy and I'm failing and I don't want to just keep harming my partner, which is kind of a side topic. But just just get your reasoning correct because it could let you down if you have far too many expectations upon it. What it does do a lot of the time though in healthy couples is it actually can amplify even their partnered sexuality where it just kind of re-eroticizes each other. Seeing partners engaging sexually with others can really ramp up the way we see them. Again, like I said, it re-eroticizes them. So it's a way to kind of bring it back in. Um, but I only recommend it for healthy couples. If you guys aren't doing well, work on doing good and then step in because it's added complications. And if couple of couples already struggling with communication, boundaries, jealousy, 
this is only gonna amplify and make things worse. So work on having a safe, healthy, functional relationship and then step into this. Um, so the first thing is, again, like I said, we don't wanna, this isn't supposed to have a negative impact. So we wanna make sure everyone's happy, everyone's feeling comfortable. So we don't step in unless everyone's on the same page. If your partner's saying, I'm not interested, I'm not ready, I'm not feeling safe, then we're not ready, right? So that's the first piece, make sure everyone is ready. Also, set some boundaries. What are you looking, what's your mission statement in this? What are you doing this for? What are you looking to have happen? I want people to be able to talk about that. If you and your partner can't openly talk like this, then work on that first. Work on building a transparent, more intimate relationship because it requires more communication, having three ways or an open relationship. So again, if you can't just say, hey, let's talk about why we want to do this and what we're hoping to have come out of it, if you can't have that conversation, you're not ready. But I want you to talk about it. What would you love to see happen with you? What would you love to see happen with your partner? What do you think you're not comfortable seeing happen? We have to be able to talk about that. Here's, here's what, you know, some people will say there are certain sex acts that we don't do together, so I'd love to have an opportunity to do that, or I'd love to see you doing certain sex acts or whatever it is. And then someone might say, but there's limits. Talk about it. Everyone has to be on the same page with that right? It's for all of us. It's not just for you. It's for all of us. So talk about what you want to see have happen. Talk about what you don't, you know? I also recommend having signifiers, signals, words, safe words, things you can do or say that imply I'm not feeling comfortable anymore. Or this isn't working for me. Ideally, I'd want you to be able to say that outright. Why, why do we need secrets? Why do we need secretive words? We're, we're three adults in theory. And we should be able to say, hey, this was feeling fun, but it's not anymore. Let's call it a night and, and, and you know, maybe another time. I want us to all be able to say that. But if it's not as serious as needing to stop, but you're saying like, hey, I want to be able to just communicate that I need whatever it might be, a little more care, a little more attention, whatever it is, then come up with some kind of safe word. But we, I want us to be able to ideally, though, communicate very openly, even with this third party. Right, it, it, we're not we're not doing a performance. We don't need to be keeping the behind the scenes behind the scenes. We can be open and transparent, right? Like, it doesn't kill the mood. I promise you. When we're doing hot arousing things, we feel turned on. It doesn't kill the mood. Knowing what's going on into how the donut was made doesn't make it any less delicious. Trust me. You can watch them preparing it. You can ask thousands of questions about the ingredients when it was made, and still enjoy it. We do the same thing with vacations. We plan the crap out of vacations. Some of us down to every detail, the restaurants we're going to eat at. We've already looked at the menus. It's still fun when we get there. It's just that being able to set structures and some boundaries makes us feel empowered. It decreases any fear or anxiety. So focus on that. All right. We definitely got to take a little break. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Love Line is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants, and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about how to uh, step into your first three-way. Like I was saying, this isn't for everyone. This is only for couples that feel safe and comfortable. If not, work on that first. Uh, we have to remember that this is something that we want to have a neutral to positive impact on us, our partner, and our relationship. We're not doing this to harm anyone. So I'd want us to be able to sit down and talk about what are our expectations. I want both partners to be able to say, what do you want out of this? What are you hoping to have happen? And I'd love for us to be confident and open enough where if something's going away we're not comfortable with, we can still say it openly with our partner. Hey, that makes me uncomfortable. Could we try something else? Some couples also want safe words that communicate like I'm not comfortable, right? And everyone has a right to stop it at any time. Again, this is about fun. This is about fun. We're allowed to stop at any time. We're allowed to make and request any changes at any time. This is about fun. So at any point, you don't need to just go along with it. There's no such thing as embarrassing yourself by saying no or setting boundaries or changing your mind. Own it and just be confident. Hey, that sounded good to me on the front end, but now that we're engaging in it, I'm not really comfortable. I'd like to change this up. Whatever it is, you have to be able to do that. If you don't feel safe saying no, if you don't feel like you can make requests or set boundaries, then you and your partner are not ready for this. You're not really ready for an adult relationship if you can't do that. So make that just part of life where you can talk about those things. Um, I want everyone communicating. I want you checking in with your partner. I want you to say like, how's this going for you? And it doesn't even need to be that statement. Sometimes it's just an expression, but just notice them. Ask yourself, how do I think they're feeling right now? 
Are they enjoying themselves? And the same thing with the partner that you brought in. They're a human being. They're a person. Their comfort matters too. Are they maybe feeling uncomfortable? It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be actively engaged and to bring up questions, right? And then sometimes, here's the other thing. We all have to be very thoughtful about when we're doing it. I get that some people want to maybe smoke some weed or drink some alcohol to you know relax, set the mood. I get it. Those things can be enhancing. But be very thoughtful because those things can also remove us from our judgment. Those things can also remove us from uh, the boundaries we might have set with ourselves or other. So I, I advise not getting drunk. I advise doing it at, while as conscious, while as aware, and maybe as little as intoxication as possible because I want you to be fully present. We're doing this to have an experience, right? It's like if you're going to go to a movie or a concert and be so high or intoxicated that you don't remember, don't, don't go right? Like that you're not even there for the experience, right? So if you're so anxious that you think you need to be intoxicated to do this, I would say don't. I would say don't. Wait till you are ready to be fully present in it because it doesn't need to be done. And if you're going to do it with yourself being barely present for it, then I don't think it's right for you or some things need to be changed. So really check in on that, you know? Um, jealousy is going to be something that needs to be talked about as well, because you are going to see your partner maybe for the first time engaging sexually with someone else. And that means seeing them make faces they haven't made before or with you making sounds you've never heard from them or seeing them do things they haven't done with you or seeing them holding space in a way they haven't with you. But that's what this is about. This is supposed to be that this isn't supposed to look the same. We're bringing in a third party to have something different, to have something diverse, to learn about our partner. You have to be open to learning about your partner. You have to be open to seeing your partner in a different way. And if you're not, and just hearing that statement makes you uneasy, you're probably not ready because you will see your partner engaging in experiences, scenarios, feelings, sounds, forms of pleasure that maybe hasn't been something that you've been a part of that isn't bad or wrong. We are relational creatures. We are different based on who we're with. I own that all the time. The way I am with my with patients in my office is not the way I am with my best friend, is not the way I am with my mom, is not the way I am when I'm lecturing to a crowd of people. I'm all those people. We're all many selves, constantly in context and relationship. And healthy people have that fluidity with all the many selves. We don't really have a core authentic self. We have many selves, and they're all authentic, all of them. There's some common threads, right? But we have to be open to some new things emerging in self or other while with this new partner, right? Because it's a new context. There's a new factor woven in, right? And we're going to be responding to that. So remember that this is fun. Remember that this is safe. Remember that you're in control. And remember that if this isn't something that's going right or feeling good, you don't have to do it again right? It's not like once we do that, we're always going to be doing it. Well, that's not the case with anything. We can go on an amazing vacation and then realize we don't want to go back to that place or we don't have the money next year. And we don't, we have impulse control. We have boundaries to do this once. Isn't to give permission or to say, I'm open to doing it all the time. It's okay to say, well, here's, we'll get to the next, we'll get to that piece. Cause I was going to kind of jump ahead. Um, also understand and be open to the idea that this isn't necessarily going to be perfect, but it doesn't need to be. Like I said, if we're going shopping or we're eating dessert or we're, we have to be open to things going a little awry or going a little differently than we wanted or than we imagined. That's not bad or wrong. So we want an openness. We're going to set structures. Maybe we're going to have some boundaries. We're going to have a vision as to what we're hoping for, but we're also open to the idea that maybe it goes a completely different direction and we adjust. Maybe it wasn't at all what we wanted and it was horrible. Maybe it's far better than we thought. We don't know. These are people. People are always unknown variables and we want to be open to that. You know what I mean? So just remember that. All right, we're going to take a little break and then when we come back, we're going to keep talking about tips for your first three-way and then uh, gliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide. Personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. All right, we're back and we're finishing out our segment on how to have your first three-way. Things to think about, tips to consider. And we were just kind of closing last segment talking about the fact that's not going to necessarily go the exact way you imagined it going. That's not bad. That's not wrong. It's people, things shift, things change. That is part of this game. Um, but you have to be open to enjoying seeing your pleasure. Uh, excuse me. You have to be open to seeing your partner enjoying pleasure. You have to go into it with that goal that you are doing this for yourself, but you're also doing this for your partner right? It's kind of like sometimes we go see a movie we don't want to see because we enjoy their enjoyment. We sometimes will go to a restaurant that's not our favorite because it makes us happy to see our partner happy. 
And we have to enter three ways like that as well. It might not be ideal for us, but we might see them having a great time. So maybe we stick around and just, you know, finish for them. Or maybe we just do it completely for them, right? We have a willingness to do it for them. That's a loving part of being in a relationship. And so if you see them really enjoying it, instead of going into jealousy or shutting it down, say, let me be a good partner, be happy that they're happy. And afterwards, when we sit down to talk about it, which is something we'll get to in a minute, we can process that and we can maybe not do it again or do it differently or choose a different partner, whatever it is. But be open to being happy that your partner's happy. It's, it's called erotic empathy, right? It's just called general empathy. But when someone we love is happier, doing well, we are happy for them. But eroticism is that way as well. It's called erotic empathy. Um, but again, we want to make sure everyone's engaged. So check in on that. Like if you notice your partner's sidelined, do something. That's your partner. You care about them. Bring them in call it out, make some changes. Or maybe you say, hey, I don't know that this is the a right match. Let's kind of call it a night and you shut it down. I don't know, but be loving and be thoughtful. You're not doing this to harm anyone. So please don't let your partner be a third wheel where you're just centering and focusing on yourself only. That's not nice. Or even the third person that you brought in, make sure they're having fun and enjoying themselves too. Just have an awareness. You want everyone to be having fun, everyone deeply engaged, everyone feeling cared for and validated. We're not doing this to make people feel bad or left out, right? Um, and that's the thing. The final most important part of all of this is afterwards, you need to check in on your partner. We need to debrief. Later, afterwards, you sit down and you talk about what happened. How was that? What did you enjoy? What did you not enjoy? What parts of that would you want to do again? What would you not want to do again? And even if we don't do a threesome again, what can we learn about that? for our own relationship if we decide to step back into monogamy what do we think we learned from that what do i want to see again what do i not want to see again you know what parts of each other did we learn what can we learn as what, what have we learned as to how we can be a better pleasure partner right and also remember that we have a right to go back and forth in this you know monogamy doesn't have to be a final answer neither does an open relationship excuse me there might be times of your life where you realize, can we be monogamous again for a while because I'm feeling really stressed or I'm not feeling great about myself or I just, I've been ill or I just injured myself or whatever it is and you're just feeling like that's overwhelming and then at some point when everything feels good, you open up again, right? So it's okay to be fluid in that. Monogamy sometimes, open style other times. One thing is not a commitment forever in one style. Just like I say to people, this frustrates them. Just because at some point someone's like, yeah, let's do monogamy, that doesn't mean they're not allowed to change their mind. We're allowed to change our mind about everything and anything at any point literally and you can go back and forth just because you say let's have an open relationship right now or a three-way with this person it doesn't mean you can't say okay well that was cool but i want to go back to monogamy now part of mental health is everyone getting their needs met and feeling cared for part of mental health in a relationship is knowing that you have as much power and say within the relationship as the other person does part of sexual health is feeling as though you're getting your sexual needs met and sexual health means we are sexually compatible. And if we're not, sometimes the way we get those needs met is through pornography, right? Solo sex or having three ways or just having an open relationship saying, I'm not interested in that, but maybe you can participate in sex with that with someone else and I don't even need to be there for that. That's also a solution for some couples. We don't need to get every need met with our partner. That's that heterocentric, whether you're gay or not, heterocentricity, which has its other form, homo, centricity, or I'm sorry, heteronormativity and homonormativity are pretty much the same thing. And it's this idea that there's only one right way to do everything. We all have to fall into place, but we don't. We can ebb and flow, make changes, and healthy couples ask for what they need at different stages of the life cycle of their own life and their relationship. So there's always more to come that we can ask for what we need as that emerges, right? But we're always keeping an open dialogue. We're always looking out for each other, and we're prioritizing impact on our relationship and ourselves. How has that impacted our relationship? How has that impacted us individually? We want it to be positive, Neutral at worst, but always positive. But if it's having a negative impact, something's off. Maybe you have not done the work to allow yourself to let go and participate. Maybe you haven't been honored or respected. Maybe boundaries were violated. I don't know. But we have a lot. There's a lot that we can learn from this. But again, it's supposed to be neutral at worst, but positive at best. We're doing it to be enhancing. It's something we're gifting ourselves and others. We have options. There was a time when people felt like marriage was a death. It was a loss. We don't get married again in relationships for loss. Our, our relationships, I'm sorry, our lives should get bigger, expanded. We brought someone new in. We should be doing more and seeing more. It shouldn't be a limit, right? It shouldn't suck the life out of us. So 
focus on that. All right, coming up next, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any questions you got, we got answers. Any topic you want to hear more about or just at all because I've never covered it, let us know. And then uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, there they are. All right, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back, and now it's time to glide into the DMs, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. Bum, bum, bum. All right, this question says, Dear Loveline and Dr. Chris, I found a really great guy on a dating app. See? See, y'all? It happens. That's where people are going. Get on those apps. We have to get familiar with them, confidence in them. We have to learn how to utilize them. Ooh, important stuff. He's handsome, super nice, funny. Ah, the trifecta. I love it. This is going to sound dumb, but he doesn't want to FaceTime. Yeah. It doesn't sound dumb, but it's a red flag. However, let's find out more. You said, I know that this is some catfish material, but I even asked him to send me a picture with a spoon and a note on it one day, and he did. And it looked like the pictures. I love that you did that. See, that's the key. Someone's like, I don't want to get on FaceTime. It's like, all right, well, send me a photo doing this, something random. See if it's really them. Uh, but what else can I do if he doesn't want to FaceTime to make the next step? I don't know. As I always say, before you go on a date, I think you should get on the phone or get on FaceTime. Sometimes you realize we're not compatible. I thought we were. Because again, I do believe that it's okay to want a very casual, 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 casual hang before you go on a full date. It's a commitment to go on a full date. I know a lot of people don't like that. They think the first date should be some extreme, extravagant, over the top. Sorry, y'all. When I was single and I was dating, the first date was a meetup to see if I wanted a date. I wasn't willing to commit to hours with someone at a dinner, at an event, or whatever it was, hiking. I can't roll like that. If I'm not interested in someone, I don't want to hold space with them like that. So I always got on the phone or FaceTime, and if that went well, then we'd go on a date. And if not, you know... So for me, it's a hard line. If someone won't get on FaceTime, then I'm not willing to get in my car and drive to meet them. If they're not willing to put in a few minutes to get on FaceTime, I'm not willing to put in time to drive my car somewhere and spend money to get to know them. I'm sorry, I'm not. So you get to decide what you want to make of that. Ask them why. I'd love to hear what their reasoning is. Some people aren't comfortable that way. Okay, I respect that. Um, will they get on the phone at least? 
Because if they're not even willing to do that, I'm nervous for you. I'd make sure they at least get on the phone. But you get to decide your deal breakers. For me, it's a deal breaker. I need to see you and talk to you before I'm willing to drive and meet in real time. But I'm protective of my time and energy and who I share space with. I'm a little more particular. I just can't settle into spending time with anyone, anywhere. I, I really prioritize intimacy and I'm very thoughtful about who I extend that to and welcome into my life. I have a busy schedule, um, but I think relationality is important. So I accommodate as best I can. So I'd want to know why, what is that about? And if it's reasonable, cool. And if not, it's odd that they won't get on FaceTime, but they want you to like walk or get in a car and meet them somewhere. Like mm, you have a right to say no to that. So let's see what it's about. Some people might not feel comfortable. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really need to know. <laughs> this is one of those ones where I want you to ask and circle back and tell us because it is suspect. It just is. Again, I appreciate we have body image issues and, and whatnot, but like at some point you're going to meet them in real time. So I don't know. It's a big red flag for me. I think it is for most of us. A lot of catfishing goes on, you know, and just because they're able to send you a picture of the note and a spoon, their roommate could have been in that photo. They could have asked someone else to do it and sent you that photo. I don't know but at least see if they'll get on the phone with you. But I want you to ask why. I mean, remember, every everything counts. It's not like, well, none of this counts until we get on the date. It's only on the date that I assess compatibility and mental health and chemistry. No, it starts from the door. If I'm on a, an app, the way someone reaches out, the way someone engages me the whole time we're on there, that counts, that matters. From the door, I'm like, what is it like to sit with this person? What kind of boundaries do they have? What kind of integrity? What kind of communication skills? It matters from the jump. And already they're like setting up roadblocks and obstacles. I don't know. I don't feel okay about it. Maybe I'm off, but like I need people to put in a lot of time and energy on the front end before I'm willing to carve out space to go on an actual date with them. So that's up to you. But yes, I think it's a red flag. Um, and I think you have a right to kind of shoot that down and say, we're not a match then. Like, I'm just not comfortable with that boundary. I'm glad they're setting it, but you have a right to say, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's not, let's not move any further, you know? But again, like I keep rambling about, I want to know from them what they think that's about. All right, y'all, that is our show. Um, we'll be back tomorrow talking about how to change habits, uh, important stuff, and uh, DMs, always gliding into them. Thanks, Astroglide. So if you got a question for us, drop it in there. Past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, bam, click on it. There they are. Post, spin, share, check them all out. And pick up my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. Both of them are on mental health, relationships, and sex, gender. It's all in there. How to learn to love our bodies, explore our sexuality, all sorts of good stuff. So check that out. Enjoy the rest of your night. See y'all tomorrow. As always, thanks for hanging out and uh, be kind to yourself and be kind to everyone else. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.